opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the content creators and should not be assumed to reflect product endorsements or the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Every Wednesday night, come listen to The Land of Aru, a show all about the award-winning high fantasy audio series, Carcerum. Join Anthony Corona in listening to an episode of Carcerum with 360-degree sound design, a completely original score, and find yourself in the middle of an adventure filled with monsters, sword fights, and magic. After the episode, listen as Anthony interviews cast and crew members about their careers and the amazing process of Carcerum. That's The Land of Aru every Wednesday night at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on ACB Media Stream 3. Presented on ACB Media 3 in association with Shane Salt Productions and Sunday Edition. This is Sunday Edition with Anthony Corona. Every week here on ACB Media One, that's American Council of the Blind, Media One, and soon after on all your major podcast catchers. Each week, we'll dive into the news, human interest, and discussions about the issues surrounding all of us in and out of the American Council of the Blind community. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Sunday Edition. As you just heard, I am your host, Anthony Corona, and we are here every Sunday from 1 to 3 p.m. on ACB Media Stream 1 and right after on all of your major podcast catchers. I have two announcements for you this week to close out Hispanic Heritage Month. Gabriel Lopez Cafani and a few of his friends will be holding a karaoke on Sunday night, the 16th. So look at your community call email and uh, join us for some great Latin karaoke. Also, White Cane Day is next week, and Sunday Edition will be collecting any of your experiences, if your group or, or, or local chapters are doing something, if an outside of ACB agency or group is doing something that you think is really cool, please email me at Sunday Edition AC, all one word, you know, AC is my initials, Sunday Edition AC at Gmail. And we will make some space for you on our October 23rd, I think, show, whatever that Sunday is. Um, we will make room for you to talk about your White Cane Day experiences. I am really, really excited about today's show. Um, we have a friend, returning friend of Sunday Edition, Jose Cintron from Florida Vision Tech. And he brought a friend of his who works for a visual interpreting service. And um, we're going to do some product demos today. And we're also going to talk about how we can train our friends and family to provide better assistance to us, whether it be through FaceTime or if you're using certain products that have ally services, um, but how we can sharpen how we ask for what we need and some tips and tricks from the visual perspective on better ways to, you know, coordinate our documents or, or tell them what the information that they need to give us the best service that we can get. So welcome, Jose and Rosina. Rosina Foster, by the way. Welcome, welcome to Sunday Edition. 
Awesome, man. It's good to be back. It's been a few months. Yeah, it's definitely been a few months. Very cool. Yeah, I I appreciate you having me back. Uh, I'm super excited to show you guys technology and to talk about it and and uh, just to uh, just to converse over the next couple of hours. I'm I'm super excited to be here tonight. So hopefully, uh, hopefully you all enjoy what you hear. And you brought a couple of cool new stuff that um, Sunday edition might have the ACB exclusive on. I'm hoping, hoping, hoping. But um, <laughs> let's give us a preview. What are what are the devices we're going to talk about later on tonight? Today. All right. So we uh, we have the Envision glasses with some new cool features that just came out over the past couple of months. We have a brilliant BI40X Braille display, uh, the Victorita Trek. We have the new Stellar Trek, um, which is a super cool, super cool device. It uh, gives people access to uh, GPS and OCR and door detection. So I'm, I'm really excited to share that with you. Uh, and then we also have the Hable One Smart Controller. Uh, it's a device that allows you to control your iPhone or your Android device without ever having to touch the screen. So I'm super excited to share that with you guys later today. All right. And we're going to be giving contact information at the end of the show, as always, So any questions that you have for Jose or Rosina, I'm sure we can um, forward an email to her and get a a a question and answer back. But um, Jose, why don't you introduce Rosina officially? And you guys met in a cool way. Do you want to share that story before we get into our demos? Yeah, so I actually met Rosina at a blind convention that I was working at. Uh, she participates uh, within the blind community uh, because she is very involved, and I'll, I'll let her share how she's involved. But she she's a really cool friend, a cool person, just to know, um, and and she's very. I mean, I, I don't. She's just a good friend, you know. It's like it's it's amazing what she knows about blindness, even though she's not visually impaired herself, and. Uh, she does a lot of really cool stuff that you guys will hear about. Um, but yeah, I, I, I met her through an, a visual interpretation service. She'd helped me out a lot. And then, and then I just happened to run into her at a convention. It was super cool. So, yeah, I have been involved in the blindness community for about 24 years. I have two sons that um, were both born with blindness issues, um, 24 and 21 years old. They are both currently in college. Um, and I got really, really involved probably about the time they hit late elementary and early middle school is when it intensified. And I started to take more of a leadership role, helping to advocate in um, other IEPs across our state uh, in a parent division, then kind of taking on more in a national setup more where I was becoming more involved with helping outside of my state that evolved into several other kind of spinoffs of becoming involved in blind sports, uh, being involved in my own business of making braille products and starting into visual interpreting that I was already doing with several friends, just second nature of describing. I really, really love visual description. I like to use a lot of adjectives anyway, since I used to do a lot of writing. So it's just a really natural fit for me to do a lot of describing. So if you don't mind me asking, um, Sunday edition, you know, we do a wide range of topics and we have a, a, a department or a committee here that works on education and IEPs and things. How, you know, how fierce 
did you have to advocate for your sons? And, you know, if there's one thing that you would tell parents out there to make sure that they look for or speak about, or, you know, what is that one piece of advice that you give to parents of a visually impaired child? My biggest, biggest piece of advice for other parents of a blind child is to get connected with blind adults. And the reason I say that is not so much because they're going to know everything because a lot of them went through the same struggles. But if you think about any instance, if your child wants to be a musician, you're going to connect them with musicians because you as the parent are not necessarily going to know everything you need to give them. And neither necessarily is that band teacher in school. If they're serious about it, If they want to do sports, you get them hooked up with whoever you can that really specializes in that field. And if your child is blind, who else is going to know not only the struggles of growing up, but what they're going to face as an adult, all the things they're going to do just on a small day-to-day basis than somebody else who was blind. So I would tell people to connect as early as possible. If you can do it when they're babies you know, why are they, you know, crawling or running this way, anything, you don't have to wait till they're in school, but get connected with somebody who can help to mentor you through all those little instances, because you're going to have a much stronger foothold and you're more likely to fight a little stronger and not necessarily take everything that maybe the school districts or groups or associations are going to tell you as a so-called professional. So, the boys are in college and um, I am sure 20 years ago when audio description was in its infancy and, and not as readily available, you were doing a visual interpreting version of that with cartoons and Disney movies and things. Do you listen to audio description often now? And, and what do you think of you know the advances that have been made? I don't listen quite as much, mainly because I'm doing a lot of audio description myself. So I don't listen to as much of it anymore. I do think it has come a long, long way. It used to be mostly, you know, a lot of monotones and getting that person, you know, who wants to listen to the dog went over the hill when, you know, (laughs) they can listen to that dog went over the hill. You know, I just, I, I grew up having a lot of inflection in speech so I follow through with that. I do a lot of voices. I, I just get really, really passionate about that. Nice. So transitioning into your actual work as a visual interpreter now, um, what are some of the most common things that tasks that are you know called in for? Probably the number one is reading tasks. Um, it can be anything from reading mail to reading buttons on devices since the world has gone so digital and nothing, you know, everything is all not as tactile. It's more digital, just screens and you don't have knobs, you don't have specific clicks. So that is kind of a detriment in the the future run of things. But so just a lot of reading. And what's been the most interesting thing that someone's asked for help with? Um, The most interesting for me was describing a grandkid's soccer game, because that to me is out there living life. Um, It wasn't high tech. It might not have been, you know, rushing to get to a job. But to me, 
that was the thing that spells out somebody living their life. They're going out and about doing their social things. And that was a social thing for somebody to want to, you know, participate in their grandchild's game. That's awesome. So, you know, I, I do also use a visual <laughs> interpreting service often, um, you know, and I, I've had certain services on Sunday edition before. And one of the things that I kind of always talk about is getting prepared before I actually hit that button to connect. You know, if I'm, and I'll use your reading mail as an example, uh, you know, I'll have my mail stacked. I'll pre, you know, slit open the envelopes. I'll check to make sure that the lighting is good. I, I know a certain spot, um, you know, at my desk facing a certain way, will get a great amount of light so that they can kind of get, you know, they can get the full picture without having to take a picture and then scan and, 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 you know, maybe enlarge and things. What are some tips that you have for folks before they hit that button to connect? Well, for reading tasks, I would say like you have your mail set and ready. I would definitely, you can feel if the flap is on the back, you know, having it as much as possible right side up, that's just going to save time for you more than for whoever you're helping, you know, interpret for you. They're going to be there. But, you know, if you just want to make efficient use of your time, having your paperwork ready, setting, making sure you have the entire stack. If you're going to be tearing that to throw into the trash, you know, kind of having that available. So you're not having to get up after each piece and go throw it in the trash, have one close and handy. Those are the main things for reading tasks, um, maybe having a light on already in the room. I know, you know, you can turn lamps on, you know, be by a window, just having that prepared, you know, already ahead of time. So you're not having to get up and, and try to, and I know, you know, lighting is a, is an issue. I'm blamed constantly for being, you know, a waste of electricity in this household since so many people do not need it. But, you know, <laughs> those of us who do tend to be you know, deficient in the fact that we need electricity to see we're going to need that to assist. And how about for folks that are out and about and calling you to, you know, or calling in to find street signs or to find the the bus stop or, you know, to get directions, you know, because they've gotten themselves turned around. Are there any tips and, and tricks that you would suggest for folks before they push that button? What should they be thinking about? Uh, from that point of view, navigation, I would say be a little patient. Um, we have a small, narrow view of what we see from whatever device you might be using. Um, if you move too fast, sometimes that's not a clear read. Um, it's very choppy. If you move quickly, if you just turn your head you know, from left to right really fast, we're not going to get a clear view. So, and you don't have to be a robot, but just doing a slow smoother is going to be more effective. Also just being ready to take a little time. The view might not be the greatest. You might have to walk a little forward before you can get straight on again, because of that point of view with the camera. So to read a sign might have to go forward or backwards. You might have to lift your chin a little higher. You might have to angle your phone a little differently. It's just going to take a little bit of, just be prepared that it's not going to happen within 30 seconds. And, and I know that a lot of people use visual interpreting for document signing and things like that. Do you have any, you know, any surefire or, or commonly asked tasks that you've, you know, that you've developed your own style for, hey, do this or, you know, let's, let's look at it this way? Something that most people are not prepared for 
the biggest thing. I mean, signing, and you can find something to line up with a line fairly easily to sign something on, but a lot of people want to do banking online and take a picture of that check. Mm-hmm. And that is very usually difficult to accomplish. Something, if you're wanting to do that, I really like is taking two uh, just canned good items from your pantry and a glass dish and setting your glass dish up on there. That way you're not trying to hold the phone steady to get the check underneath it. Usually the camera can get a picture through that glass dish and get your check without shaking, going up and down, missing it. Then the bank doesn't take the picture and you have to redo it. That's always a very stressful, it usually takes, you know, five and six times of getting pictures. So that's always really, really helpful. As far as document, like setting up, if it's something stapled together, most of the time people will staple it in the top left corner, you know, just thinking about those things. Most of the time a stapler will staple if people are holding it when they staple, it's going to be smooth on the top and you're going to feel the prongs on the back. So you'll know, you know, what's the front to back. Those are all just a quick few seconds. But if you're doing several documents, a lot of legal documents, you know, that all does add up. I have to say, I think the the cans and the glass dish is probably the best tip I have heard. I've been doing Sunday edition for three and a half years. That is probably the best tip I have ever heard. I will throw one in as well. Um, a placemat or, you know, the, a cardboard, a piece of a cardboard box, but a dark contrast also for, you know, for capturing the check is, is a lot, is very helpful because a lot of times you'll hear, can't, you know, can't find, can't read or whatever, you know, whatever your banking app specifically says. Um, Mine personally actually says contra, it says something to the effect of use a darker contrast, but a lot of them don't. And, um, you know, you're sitting there and you're like, I know I'm over the check. I can feel it. I'm just lifting. Um, so a dark contrast usually helps too. You know what? Let's transition. Rosini is going to stay with us for a while. Let's transition to talking about the Envision glasses. Because at one point, Jose is also going to call a visual interpreting service called Ira that has partnered with Envision. And we can critique that experience afterwards and see if we have any more tips and tricks from that point. Very cool. And uh, just so you both know, I am stealing both of those tips because uh, <laughs> <laughs> that two can and a clear dish is genius. I am going to be, I am going to be using that, um, you know, and teaching folks that for a long time to come. Rosina, you are a rock star. <laughs> for real. All right. So yeah. So the Envision glasses, um, it's a pair of smart glasses, electronic smart glasses that help people who are visually impaired with different tasks that involve reading, um, identifying things in their surroundings, finding things and getting sighted assistance from afar. So the hardware is on a Google Glass. And it comes in three different styles. By default, it comes with a titanium band that you connect to your Google Glass. And uh, the way that looks, uh, the band starts from behind your left ear, goes around the side of your head like a normal pair of glasses, goes across your eyebrows. It does have two nose pads, and then it ends at your right temple. Well, where it ends at your right temple, that's where you connect your Google Glass. And then you wear it on your head. The camera would be located near your right eyebrow. And between your right ear and your right temple, we have a touchpad right there. And all that real estate allows us to interact with our device by swiping forwards, swiping backwards, and double tapping, just like we would on a smartphone using voiceover or uh, talkback. About two inches behind your right ear, we have a mono speaker. On the end of our Google Glass, uh, we have a USB Type-C port that allows us to charge our device from zero to 100% in about 60 minutes. So it's super fast. Uh, 
We can also connect a physical headset to that USB Type-C port to get some privacy, or we could connect a, a Bluetooth speaker or a Bluetooth headset or Bluetooth earbuds to our device as well. Um, so, and I'm so going to jump in right here and say, if you plan on using your Envision glasses outside, you definitely want to have a headset. Oh, yeah. It's a great sure. product, but when you're outside, you need the headset. Yep. Yep. For sure. For sure. So now for people who are low vision, who might use some type of prescriptive lens, we also have uh, a pair of Smith optic frames. They're black in color. The frames are like a black matte color. Uh, and they come with clear lenses. And again, the right arm of those glasses will come off. And that's where we connect our Google Glass uh, to act as our right arm. And then we also have it to where uh, the, the glasses could come tinted, right? So if you're light sensitive or you don't want people seeing your eyes for whatever reason, we can go ahead and have those tinted for you. Now I'm going to wake my device up. I do, I do have it connected to my home Wi-Fi. Some of the features on here do require an internet connection and, um, and you will see why in a little bit, but let's swipe forwards just to go through the main menu of our device. So I'm going to swipe forwards. So I have read, call, identify, and find. So depending on what the task is that I'm trying to do, I'm going to go to that category and double tap. Uh, let's start off with the read feature, right? Double tap on here. Here I have instant text, scan text, and batch scan. So instant text, if I was to double tap on there, it puts my camera in a live mode. And as I'm looking around, any handwritten text that it sees or printed text that it sees, it's just going to read out loud. Scan text allows me to take a picture of a document, process that information, reads it out loud, but I can also navigate up and down that page. Uh, and batch scan allows me to take uh, multiple scans of a document. So if you have a book, uh, paperwork on your desk, and you need to scan multiple pages, you can do so with the batch scan feature. So what I really like about the Envision glasses is that back in June, they came out with a feature called Smart Guidance. Smart Guidance helps someone who has trouble positioning the document in front of them. Smart Guidance will give you instructions on where to move your document. Once the glasses detect all four corners, it's going to take a picture and read it back to you what it sees. So I have a document here. And as always, I like to use recipes uh, because recipes, they have numbers in it, they have words. So it gives you a, a good idea of what the wearable can do. So I'm gonna go to where it says scan text. All right, I'm gonna double tap on here. I'm gonna raise the document slowly in front of me. So you hear it say move document up or your head down. So I'm gonna slowly move it up took the picture because it recognized all four corners. That's going to process that information. There it is. And while it's reading, I could tap it one time to pause it. I can swipe forwards to go down the page. I can swipe backwards to go up the page on that touch uh, the touchpad. Or let's say I like what I just read. If I take two fingers and do a single tap, text. now I can export the text. Okay, let's double tap. Text exported right? So now this recipe that we were just scanning is on my Envision glasses. And I can also, uh, I'm sorry, it's on my, uh, my iPhone uh, in the Envision AI application. So now I can also do that with the batch scan um, feature where I can scan multiple pages and I can send all those pages 
to my iPhone so I can read it later using voiceover. Or if I'm an Android user, I can use a talk, I can use a read it using talkback, or I can go ahead and use my eyes or whatever, whatever other assistive technology um, uh, I use, right? And what I really like about that is that, you know, if I'm at work and I'm reading a document, um, that I need for later, I can go ahead and I can send it to my phone. I can open it up in a word processing application. I can edit it. I can email it. I can do whatever I need to do with that document. So I find that to be very, very useful, right? So I'm going to swipe down to exit out of this. One finger swipe down again to exit. All right. One finger swipe down again. So now we're back in the read category. Let's go forwards. And identify, we have four features. We have describe scene, detect light, recognize cache and detect colors. With describe scene, my envision glasses would take a picture, process what it sees in that picture and give me an idea of what it sees. With detect light, it uses tones to let me know how bright or how dark a room is. The higher the tone, the brighter the room, the darker the, uh, the lower the tone, the darker the room. Recognize cache, I can recognize paper money from about a hundred different countries. And then detect colors does just that. With the find category, we have um, find object, find people, and explore. So with find object, it would generate a list of specific items I might be looking for. I select the item I want to find. Once that item is selected, while I'm looking around, if it detects that item, it's going to beep to let me know that that item is in that direction. With uh, find faces, it will beep to let me know that there's a person in front of me that it does not recognize, or I can train my glasses to remember someone's face. So if I had Anthony or Rosina saved my glasses, and they would walk across in front of me, it would say, looks like Anthony is in front of you. Looks like Rosina is in front of you, right? With Explore, it puts your camera in a live mode. And while it's in that live mode, any objects that it recognizes, it's just going to speak out loud. But if we go to the call category for sighted assistance. Wait, I'm going to pause you there because okay. I actually spoke with folks at Envision a couple of weeks ago. And I heard that they are working on adding about 30 more objects to the find objects menu and that the explore the live feature is going to also be expanded to nice. recognize more. So sometime either the end of this year or the early months of next year, there's going to be another Envision update. And then at that point, it'll bring it up to about 50 objects that the glasses will recognize. I find it extremely easy and well um, suited to find seating <laughs> when I am in oh, yeah. the Yeah, that's, that's the main thing I use to find object for too, is finding chairs. Find <laughs> chairs, yeah. <laughs> you know, finding keys, even though it's there, mm -hmm. is not as easy as you think it would be. But, yeah. um, you know, finding a chair, finding my dog. <laughs> is Yo, if you can't find your guide dog, we have a problem, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Although I, I tried to teach it. Um, I tried Bodie as my guide dog. Our Sunday edition listeners know. I yeah. tried to teach it to recognize Bodie. I don't know if it's because he wouldn't stay still long enough or they, it just does, won't recognize an animal face, but it did not work for me. <laughs> but go ahead, let's go to the call work. feature. Yeah, I think the reason why it doesn't work is because it's looking for the eyes and the nose of a person. Gotcha. Uh, that's what that's my understanding behind uh, facial recognition as that it's always looking for your eyes and your nose and um, you know a dog. <laughs> it's it's a little different uh, little different shape of the face. All right, you want to move on to call? Yeah, let's go to call. So I'm gonna wake my glasses up. Identify. There you go. Call. So here in call, call. let's double tap. Call 
we have call an ally. So an ally is a friend, a family member, or a coworker, someone that you know personally that you can add to your glasses through an app called Envision Ally. And that's E-N-V-I-S-I-O-N space ally. Uh, once that person sets up that app on their smart device, so it can be a tablet or their smartphone, uh, once they set up the app and configure it, you can then add them to your glasses where then um, you can make a video call from your glasses to that person's smart device. So they'll get a notification saying, hey, Jose's trying to call. They'll answer the call and everything that my glasses see with the camera, they're going to see on their screen, right? So it's a good way to get sighted assistance from someone that you know. But recently, in the past couple of months, uh, I want to say in August, uh, end of August, beginning of September, they added the Iris service. So a lot of you guys have probably heard about it. If you haven't, it's a service that allows you to connect to a live agent. And they have been trained to help people with visual impairments with any tasks, well, pretty much any tasks that need sighted assistance. So it could be something in your home, for school, your profession. Um, you have access to them 24 hours a day. So I'm going to wake my glasses up real quick. Well, here we go. I'm going to swipe forward since you're here. Call an IRA agent. Here it goes. I'm going to double tap and see what happens. So it's connected to an IRA agent. I hear it ringing in my ear. Let's see what happens. Do, 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 do. Connected to Brea. Hey Brea, how are you? I'm okay. Hey, let's. I'm on. A, I'm on a radio talk show right now, and I'm Alert just Sunday edition. Sunday edition. Uh, you've been on here before, right? <laughs> so we're on the Sunday edition and we're just showing how Ira works on the vision glasses. So like for me, guys, I use this a lot for like when I'm out and about traveling, um, you know, I might be in a mall and, you know, if I want to go to Macy's to go shopping, I can't tell Obi, hey, find uh, find Macy's and he's going to run over there for me, right? I have to get side assistance, find out where the Macy's is at and then give my dog the directions to get there. So I might call someone like Bree, uh, who will answer the call. And I could be like, hey, Bree, do you see Macy's around me? And she'll tell me, oh yeah, it's over there to the right. And I could give my dog that that uh, that command to, to find the entrance to the store. Or when I'm out and about shopping, you know, we all have to eat food and I'm walking down the snack aisle. I, I can't feel the text on potato chips or pretzels or anything like that. But with an IRA agent, I can figure out what's there. So uh, Bree, uh, can you tell me what this is? Nice. It's good when we can get the munchies. Let's see what else we have here. What is this? All right, those are the good stuff, right? So, I mean, anything that you need sight assistance with. Again, it could be at work, it could be at school, it could be in your home, it could be me looking for salt and vinegar potato chips in the grocery store. I mean, you have access to an IRA agent 24 hours a day, right? Whereas the call ally feature, um, it's a friend, a family member, a coworker, someone that you know who might not want to help you at two o'clock in the morning when you're looking for chips in the kitchen, right? So, um, so I mean, it's, it's really cool. You know, I know there's people out there who use this uh, in airports, um, you know, navigating quickly around in the airport. You can have your cane in one hand, your suitcase in the other, and with the Envision glasses on your head and Ira, you can just look around and they can tell you which way to go. Uh, for people like me who have a guide dog, uh, if I'm walking somewhere, I might tell the person, hey, um, 
you know, can you tell me, uh, you know, what turns are coming up and about how far they are? And then they'll be like, okay, there's a right turn coming up in 10 feet. And then I'll start telling my dog, you know, look for that right turn or the left turn or the door or whatever. But I mean, I, I got so many clients who use this for different reasons, right? I have people who work at Amazon who are using their vision glasses with Ira. I have people who are in the blinded uh, enterprise program who are stocking vending machines and running cafes who are using this. I even have a jeweler, right? How cool is that? A visually impaired jeweler who uses Ira for different tasks uh, for her jewelry company. Um, she does uh, nautical themed jewelry, really nice jewelry, really expensive jewelry. So um so, I mean, there's so many things you can apply this to. I mean, even dropping something on the floor, maybe you dropped your ear pods, right? And you need help finding your ear pods. Bree, she could help me with that. I mean, anything that you pretty, pretty much need sight assistance with, Ira is there for you. Thanks, Bree. Absolutely. You too. Take care. Swipe down to exit. And there it goes. One other cool thing about the Envision glasses is that all the features on here can be acted with, activated with voice commands. So if I was to press and hold the button near the hinge, I can say things like, make an Ira call. call an Ira yeah, I usually just say Ira and it works, but again, so it's connecting to an Ira agent and you know, it does its thing, but you can do that with scan text. You can do that with recognize cash. Any of the features, you just have to say the name of the feature, it does it. And, you know, again, we're doing that all hands-free. So it's pretty cool stuff. All right. So Rosina, that was a pretty good call, right? That was a pretty good, pretty good call. While they were talking, I had one more thought that I wanted to ask you about. License, IDs, credit card numbers, any tips that you have for our listeners on you know, getting, you know, getting quickly those, that information and, um, you know, how to position, et cetera, so that we get that both using the IRA glasses and, or the camera on the phone. So if you're using the camera on the phone, definitely putting the item down flat. Most IDs, credit cards, things of that nature are smaller than the phone. So they don't have to be lifted too far away. There is a glare from the flashlight sometimes because of the glossy coating on cards and IDs. So having a light in the room is a little bit more important on those than strictly on paper, since there does cause quite a bit of gloss glare. Don't lift it too far on those small items so they can get the small little micro IDs. Uh, of course, on a card, you're going to want to flip it over to get those three digits on the back. A lot of the newer credit cards do have everything on the back instead of both on the front and the back. They'll have the numbers expiration, absolutely all information on the back. So that's just gonna be a matter of flipping it over to see which card you have. As far as light, besides the lighting, again, because of the gloss, that high contrast is gonna be more important on those credit cards and IDs than it is on regular paper. So generally you don't want anything super dark and you don't want anything super white. So if you can get some kind of a colored background, whether it is a placemat that is on your table, those are gonna really help out on those types of media that you're reading. If you're using glasses, much better, you can hold the card up in front of you 
right about where your nose would be and just about so your hand um, is slightly inches. bent yeah, yeah it's not very far and definitely make sure that you have light at your back and that you are not looking into the light because if and you are looking into the light so is the agent and they're not going to be able to see any of the information on the card that you're holding. So you'll want to turn your back to that. When I'm in an unfamiliar space, I, you know, the first thing that I always ask is how is the lighting in here? And do I need to position myself differently for better lighting, especially if it's documents or I'm looking for information off of like signage or a wall or something? That is very important. I'm glad that you do that. A lot of people don't think of that. We don't use lighting most of the times in the things that you're doing. But when you are reading, especially on those glossy items, you really do need to be aware of where the light is in, in reflection to what you're holding up. And another thing that, that I thought of while Jose was talking, you know, if we're using a visual interpretation service for photos and, you know, if we're going through, you know, looking for products or something, it's, it's very good to know and then to be able to communicate to your visual interpreter, what are the, what are the characteristics you're looking for? You know, what in the photos, what in the product that you're, you know, you're trying to find, what is it, what the, what information is the most important for you so that you're not getting, you know, useless information and wasting both yours and the, the visual interpreter's time. Any other tips on that? On that, that is a very, very good point. If you let the person know exactly what you're looking for, instead of having them read everything, like that this is salt and vinegar chips, this is Chex Mix. If you say, I am looking for the salt and vinegar chips, I have a bunch of bags here. A lot of times they're gonna be able to tell before you have taken a picture or looked at every item. Many times I can see things in the background. I'll be like, oh, well, the one to your left you know, and you can skip several items because yes. we might happen to see that in. So definitely letting them know exactly what you want, whether it's a direction, if you're looking for a picture, I'm looking for a picture of a person in a cowboy hat, instead of having them describe to you every picture, if you tell them, they can just say, not this one, not this one. Oh, wait, 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 no, this is not it. So if you tell them exactly what you're wanting, it's definitely going to speed things up. Oh yeah. Like for example, I, I, I use that a lot for like vending machines, right? Like I'll call them like, Hey, I'm looking for this. And then they can just tell me quickly where it's at rather than going through each row and telling me like what's all in the vending machine. Yeah. You know, um, my, my mom passed away last year and, and I wanted to, you know, pick some good photos for the display for the service. And so, you know, I knew a certain picture on, on the bookshelf was my mom. So I asked the agent, okay, you know, this is, this is who I'm looking for as we flip through pictures. Can you identify any pictures that has my mom in it? And then, you know, we'll go back and, and kind of go through and find out which picture is which, because my, my listeners know I, I had sight up until six years ago. So most of those pictures, I kind of knew what they were once, you know, once they started describing it to me. But, you know, starting out with, hey, this is my mom. This is what I'm looking for. And same thing. I'm, I'm a big fan of those, um, you know, steam in the bag, vegetables, pop them right in the microwave, <laughs> you know, and I'll say, okay, I'm in the mood for broccoli tonight. There's about seven or eight bags in here. Let me know when I'm touching broccoli. Oh, that's the one. Okay. Five minutes in the microwave and I'm good to go. 
All right. So that was pretty darn cool. You know, I, I've used my glasses quite a lot since Ira has gotten, um, you know, has become part of, of the operating system and, and, you know, the extra ally feature. Um, and I really, really do recommend if, you know, if you want an OCR product that does a lot and to be able to use the hand, hands-free IRA option, the Envision glasses are definitely a good option to go with. So Rosina, let's bring you back into the conversation a little bit. All righty. Jose was talking earlier about, um, you know, capturing the, you know, the scan text. I know that that often, you know, are, that's often something that people call the visual interpreting service for. How do you, how do you get them to orient the document the right way? What are some of the words and, and phrases that you use to, to teach someone who is visually impaired how to show you what they need read for you, for them? So the main one would be aligning it with your camera view. If you are using, you know, glasses and they're on your head, basically setting the paper in front of you with straight sides. If you have it on an angle, you're going to have to take your camera further back to get all of it into the view, which is going to make it smaller, which is then going to be just a little bit more difficult to read. They're going to have to zoom in on it more. They're going to have to move it around, which is going to be a little more time consuming. So number one would be just setting it up straight. If you're using a phone, I would suggest actually setting your phone down on your document with the sides the same, and then just slowly lifting it straight up in the air and trying to keep it as straight and centered to the document. You don't want to have your phone or your glasses holding, like if you hold the paper up in front of you, you want to hold it straight in front of you, not out to your side, because they're only going to get a partial view. So, and then just same thing with the phone, trying to keep it centered and pulling it straight up off the paper is the easiest way to get a really good view. One of the tips that was given to Sunday edition um, last year that, that I found to work um, somebody had come on one of our listeners and said that they bought an easel at Target, um, a, a, a clipboard with an easel back, uh, and they could clip the document to the easel, you know, to the, the clipboard and pull the back and then have it there and hold their phone. And they weren't worried about, you know, the document shaking, because I do know that also holding a document often, it will go in and out of focus because if it's a, just one sheet of paper, it might, you know, wind will blow or, you know, somebody will sneeze or just, you know, your own hand will make it. Uh, and somebody else uh, had said they couldn't find an easel. So they used an eight by 11 picture frame. And they would just have their document on the picture, you know, um, with a little bit of a silly putty, tack the doc, the document to the picture frame and have that steady. Have you ever encountered anything like that? Yeah. Reading stands are wonderful if you have them at home. Most people don't have those or a lot of times they'll want to read when they're out and about. So that's not a hundred percent, you know, always going to work, but if you do have one, or the picture frames, there's a lot of things that you can prop it up on. But yes, you definitely want to have that flat. You don't want to hold the phone with one hand and hold your document with the other because 
one hand of course is going to move but if both are moving it's definitely going to be blurry you can lay it flat on a table anything as long as one of them is very still so i asked for questions from you know loyal sunday edition listeners and one of the questions that i thought when i read it you know when i heard it read to me from my screen reader i was like wow okay this is a really good question i have broken glass on the floor what um what are some tips that you suggest for folks that are calling to help clean up broken glass? For broken glass, uh, number one would not be walking through it barefoot. Um, making sure all your pets call them, get them out of the area. And sometimes I will have my kids, if they drop something, instead of just a broom, which is a small area, I'll have them get a cardboard box that's folded flat and use that to scrape along the floor. And that kind of sweeps a bigger area and it'll sweep anything in front of you. So if you kind of hold it tight against the floor and just kind of scrape everything toward the center, then you can come back later with your broom and get everything. That's a great tip. Now let's talk about navigation, being out and about and and needing some visual interpreting. Um, and, and this can go for an ally on the envision glasses or even somebody that's out and about with you. What are some tips and tricks that you have for, for us to get the maximum value out of someone who's trying to direct us? Number one would be tell them exactly how you want your information. It's not being rude. Um, you're just telling them exactly what you want. If you want things, say, can you please, you know, just direct me left and right. Give me an estimate of how many steps. Tell me if I need to turn a quarter turn, a full turn, let them know exactly what you're wanting is really, really helpful because they don't have to give you a bunch of extra information. Now, if you are out and about and you're people watching or you're at a concert, you might want to know that information. So you might want to tell them how close are they getting to me, especially since, you know, the pandemic, but just the number one would be tell them exactly the information that you're wanting. And that's actually, that actually leads into the next question that I was going to ask, you know, with social distancing, how did you train your own brain to tell folks, you know, the six feet back, finding the back of the line, and then on top of that, being spaced out? So keeping correct spacing, six feet, everybody's a little different, but um, you can kind of go by steps. You kind of want to keep them at least two to three steps back. So as long as there's plenty of space for them to see an entire body, if they're seeing just the feet or just the top half of them, they're not six feet away. So through whatever device they're having to look for, you want to be able to see that entire person from head to foot. If you can see their entire body, that's going to be pretty close to six foot. That's a great tip. So for, you know, allies, even if you're on FaceTime, if the person through the camera can see the entire body in front of you, that's about six. That's a great tip. Jose, do you have any questions or, or, you know, or um, tips that you want to ask Rosina to explain or expand upon for us? Well, I mean, the, the whole thing about for me personally, because sometimes I use a white cane, sometimes I use a guide dog. And when I'm using a guide dog, if I'm using uh, a friend to help me uh, look around what's around me, or if I'm using uh, a visual interpreting service, um, for me, I, I personally like to know 
not when to turn, but that there's a turn coming up. So I can give my dog the command to find that turn, right? So there's something ahead of me. Uh, you know, if there's like a, a right turn that I have to take, that's 10 feet ahead of me. I want to know that. So I can start doing that hand gesture and the vocal command for my dog to take that turn and not wait until like I'm right on top of it. And then, you know, I'm telling my dog to turn on, on, on the, uh, 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 you know, on a dime, you know? Um, so I, I totally agree with that. Um, I think that's very, very useful information. And then like, like she said, you know, don't be afraid to ask for a lot of information or ask for a little bit of information. For me, a lot of information of what's going on around me is just too much because I'm trying to drive my dog. I'm trying to, you know, make sure I'm, I'm walking properly and, and being safe. And, you know, I, I just want to know uh, when there's a turn coming, uh, maybe if there's like low hanging branches, uh, things of that nature. I, for me, as, as a visually impaired person, I don't want too much information uh, so I could focus on, on, on the other things around me. So Rosina, if you don't mind, let's talk about color detection and fashion advice. <laughs> if somebody's calling in and they want to match an outfit or they want to make sure that the colors that, that they're putting together, you know, don't clash. Um, what are some of the things that, that you've encountered and what are some questions that we should ask our visual interpreters so that we get the best information? One of the, I'll tell you one of the hardest things um, as far as color detection through a camera is black and navy. So black yeah. and navy look a lot alike unless you have something that it is up against. A lot of people, and even with the light on or a flashlight or getting the camera really close is still not going to give you that comparison. So if you have anything that is dark and you lay it down on a bed and it doesn't even have to be white. If you lay it against something else, that's going to help make that color pop out. They reflect with reflecting color off of items that are around them because the light bends and that is going to make it harder. So it doesn't even have to be something white or black. Um, but if you do have something that, you know, is definitely black and you can put it against it, then you're going to see the difference. The other thing with clothes is just holding one item up and then asking, you know, to describe it, then you put it up and you pull out maybe a set of pants and say, do you think this would go with it? They might be really close and they might, but if you actually put those two items together for the visual interpreter or your friend, or they're going to have a lot better decision of how well those two really play off each other in the lighting. Cause the lighting does, does play with the, the eyes a little bit through a camera. An agent once told me to bring my stuff into the bathroom because that usually has the best lighting. Is that true in your experience? It does have the best lighting, but you're still going to really want to have something to hold that up against, whether it's the wall, but just holding it up in a room where there's a closet with, is not going to cut it. You're really going to want to have it up against a solid stark wall, a towel laying on a bed, um, up against the shower curtain, things of that nature to really get a good call on that color if it's black and navy. The others are all pretty easy, but black and navy can really, really wreak havoc on the reflecting light. And how about things like checking, you know, food items out of the refrigerator or in your pantry? Any tips and tricks for, for checking your food? Checking your food can be a little tricky. 
expiration dates are always good to follow and go off of. And they put those in all sorts of places. Generally, again, because of the lighting saying, is this safe to eat? I can tell you what it looks like. I can't really tell you what it smells like. I can't tell you what it feels like. Um, so I can give you the visual part and then you're going to have to go off of the smell and the feel. So the, again, the food, that's just a little tricky. I can't see that that milk is chunky or that it smells bad. I can just say, Hey, yeah, a great jug of milk. <laughs> Jose, any questions? <laughs> no. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, I know, I am sure a lot of people have done this where like we've gone to grab a, a, a gallon of milk and pour ourselves a bowl of cereal only to find out it's been a gallon of water or a gallon of orange juice. So, <laughs> so yeah, um, or like I, I use this, uh, this, this milk, it's called, um, I can't remember the name of it, but it comes in a carton and it looks like a juice carton. So, so uh, yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and that is true not only on food products but on anything uh, i have a very embarrassing my oldest used uh, diaper rash cream instead of toothpaste one time because Ooh. same type of tube was not a, an enjoyable experience yeah that, that uh that, i don't think that's going to do the same uh the same trick as toothpaste. <laughs> <laughs> oh man and, you know, last but not least, actually taking photos. So, you know, I know a lot of us will call into our visual interpreting service to take a photo or help us line up. So I know they can't actually help us take a video, but they can help us line up and, and get things um, set before we go to hit that video button. Any tips and tricks you have for us on you know, calling in and getting assistance, taking photos. Taking photos, again, it's a patience is going to be key, depending on the type of photo you want. If you're wanting selfies, again, a lot of that is done with a phone. And a lot of people tend to hold their phone in their hand out in front of them, but it's lined up with their shoulder, not the center of their body. So you'll want to really, really remember to keep, if you're doing things in that Nate, like selfies to bring that hand over. So the phone is kind of centered and lined up with your nose, because if you have your hand out in front of you straight, and I ask you to tilt your camera, instead of moving your hand over, you're going to kind of tip it. Then I'm just going to see over your shoulder. So really lining that up to center to your nose is going to be key. If you're taking pictures of other items, Kind of the same as documents, I will highly suggest that people will lay whatever they're wanting to take a picture of. If it's like a, just a photograph or a Christmas card is to have it flat on the table, set their phone or item directly over the center of it and just slowly lift the camera away from it until the person says stop. And then they can take a picture from there. So the couple of times that I've, I've tried to help folks learn how to orient using your camera, I came up with a technique. If you take your left hand and point your finger, your pointer finger up towards the sky and allow your thumb, you can create an L. And right where the, the curve is, if you put that up against your nose and lay your, your phone into that space, that's a true representation of taking from your eyes. So if you move away from your, from your 
your nose with the camera in that same orientation, you're getting a true view of, of what you're looking at at the time. So if you're, you know, if you're trying to read a hotel sign or a street sign or something, you know, orient it with your nose. And once you do it a few times, you don't need to actually hold it up to your nose. You kind of get the idea of where your hand arm placement needs to be so that you're what, you know, what you're looking at or, or wanting to look at is what the visual interpreter interpreter on the other side of the call is looking at. All right. Last but not least, <laughs> sometimes our puppies decide that they want to be playful and they don't want to come back. Any tips and tricks on if we're looking to round up our guide dog? Well, in the instance that they are being playful, uh, the biggest thing would be playing with them. If they are in a playful mood and they know that they're going to be caught, act like you are playing with them, kind of wrestle, kind of play tug of war with them a little bit, toss a toy down, especially if you drop it not too far, you know, at your feet, not too far away, they're going to come running up to grab it, things of that nature. All right. Last, last call, Jose, anything else you think we might want to impart to our listeners? Um, in regards to that, no, I, I have nothing for that. Um, I, I really do like the camera tricks. Um, I, I'm, I'm very, sorry about that. I'm very into uh, photography myself. Um, so uh, just that's just another trick to add to my toolbox of many tricks to take pictures and videos and things of that nature. Well, Rosina, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. Um, any final thoughts, anything, you know, you want um, the listeners of Sunday edition to know? Yeah, I, I think uh, on the flip side of also asking your visual interpreters, um, if they're not from a service, maybe you're calling an ally, giving them tips of the information that you want. Uh, I know yeah. a lot of times, they might say over there if you can say please be specific please use left and right please don't use measurements from my experience most of the people that unless they went blind later in life uh, don't use measurements very often so saying if you can move that two or three inches doesn't mean a lot so if you can ask them to use maybe finger widths a hand width um, things of that nature that is really applicable because that's something that the blind person is using every day that is much more applicable to them than what three inches is might say, instead of saying, you know, 12 feet up might say one car length. Most people know how long a car is, whether they use a guide dog or a cane, this corner is three car lengths up before you're at the intersection. So just telling, giving them, telling them the information that you want to receive in a way that is going to be usable for you to use and understand which is going to be different from a way that they're used to giving it, but it's so much easier, especially signing a paper and you're trying to help them set up like a signature guide and you say, move it down a quarter of an inch. Well, uh, how big is that? Like one pinky width, that's much easier and is going to be understood a little bit better. That's great. You know what? It And you saying that actually um, brought another thing to my mind. I, I know a lot of folks use visual interpret services when something is going wrong with their computer or other devices, 
So are there any tips and tricks that we should, before we hit that button again, that we should have ready when we need help with our devices? And, and if you can think, you know, multiple devices, whatever you've got, spill it for us. So for computers, um, remoting in, already have what you're wanting to look at ready. And instead of starting from a base desktop, then they remote in, then you have to go get your banking info, then you have to log in. If you're already logged in before you have them remote in, that's just gonna save you a lot of time. On phones, have a general idea if you have played with your phone before when voiceover has quit working to know approximately how far apart those numbers are on the keypad, especially for a lot of times your numbers that you have to key in for your password to get in if voiceover is not working because those are minute movements. And again, not every person, they're gonna say move down a quarter of an inch instead of just one fingernail or one thumbnail. So kind of having a little bit, just be prepared of having a little bit of knowledge about how far that apart is on your phone, whatever device you're using. If it's a braille note taker, most of them are not familiar with braille. So you're probably not gonna get anything more than what buttons you have or your pins. So know your device. If it's copy machines, a lot of calls for copy machines and fax machines, have a general idea before you call in of where all the buttons are located. You might not know what they are, but sometimes you might call in and well, the buttons are all right here. Well, there's only four buttons, but there might be some around the side. There might be some, you know, on the back, know where at least the power switch is in case it's not turned on because that's not usually located with the main buttons. That's, that's a great tip. You know, I got a new smart TV a couple months ago and I used my favorite visual interpreting service to build a map of my remote uh, so that I would be able to, you know, just pull up an email because they can send it to you in email form and go through to find what buttons I need. And, and you know, starting from the top left-hand corner going across and then the next row down, et cetera, et cetera. That's a great tip, a really great tip. Rosina, thank you so much for being with us today. I really enjoyed this portion of the conversation and I hope that there's a reason that you can come back to Sunday edition soon. Oh, that would be very fun. Thank you for having me. Awesome. All right, Jose, that is the Envision Glasses, and that is helping tips to help us train our family and friends to be the best sighted guides that they can be. So what else do you have for us today? Well, let's let's continue with the whole navigating theme, right? I so I have like two that. devices, two devices here. I have the Stellar Trek and the Victorita Trek. Uh, we'll start off with the Stella Trek. It's the newest uh, humanware device on the market. So the Stella Trek is an accessible GPS that has two cameras on the back of it uh, that allow you to do things like capture text for reading, uh, for looking for signs, uh, looking for numbers on uh, doors, and it also has the ability to detect doors. So I'm going to turn it on real quick by pressing and holding the power button. It vibrates. I'm going to let go of it. The sound scheme on this device is really cool. It sounds very futuristic to me. So let's go ahead and let this start up. Um, this device is really, really good. Again, for those people who want to navigate when they're out and about, because with this, we can create custom landmarks. We can create custom routes. Um, we can put in addresses, look for points of interest. 
um, without having to, uh, you know, pay for like a service, right? Like a map service or anything like that. We could do it all on this device by connecting to a satellite. Wi-Fi connected. All right. Searching for satellites. So it's searching for satellites. Right now we're in my apartment, so we might not connect to one. But again, we could do things like look for points of interest, right? To see what's around us. While we're walking down the street, it will tell us what intersections we're coming up to, what things are around us. You can choose the verbosity of how much information you want or how little information you want. But again, it has cameras on the back of it. So if we go into the detection options. Detection modes, address confirmation. Address confirmation. So if I was to select this, and I was looking for an address, I would hit confirm on here hold the device up about, I would say, shoulder level, aim the back of the camera towards the direction, and then it would make beeping noises to detect doors. If there's a number by the door, it's going to tell you what that number is. So for example, if I'm in an office building, I have doors to my left, doors to my right, I would select this option, hold the camera facing to the left. When it detects a door, it's going to go boop, 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 boop. Then I'm going to press the confirm button to take a picture, and it's going to tell me what's the door number for that one, right? Then we have quick reading. Quick reading. So if you're walking around and you're looking for signs, right? As a blind person, I don't know where there's a sign, right? I would have to either tap it with my cane or run into it, right? Because I, I have no idea where that sign is. Or maybe my dog, he could he could find signs for me. With quick reading, it's going to take a picture every few seconds to capture text. If it sees signage, it's just going to read exactly what that sign says, right? So every few seconds, we're going to hear a camera noise. Once it sees text, it's just going to read it out loud. Then we have detailed reading. Detailed reading, and this allows us to take a picture of a document where we then GPS read that. Ready. Oh, GPS is ready. Cool. <laughs> so this will allow us to take a picture of a document where it will then read that entire document to us and allow us to navigate it. So again, I have my recipe in my hand. I'm going to hold it about ten inches away from the recipe. I'm going to press the confirm button. Camera ready. Camera's ready. Press it again. Stop moving. Taking picture. Very James Bondish, right? So I guess it automatically assumes that you're using it for navigation. So that's the stop moving. Salted or unsalted butter. More for greasing pan. Oh. One cup sugar. All right. So it's reading, and you can see it read that pretty quickly. Uh, what were you asking, Anthony? I'm assuming that it's it, the device is assuming that you're using it for navigation, and that's the stop moving instruction it gives you. So it, it actually helps you position the document in front of you. So I'll say, move up, move down, stop moving. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it, it helps you guide the the the, the text into the frame. Um, and then again, if I want to read this line by line, text box. I can go to browse text box. Ooh, on a rack before cutting. Barely firm in the middle. To incorporate. Five. Four. Also right. line it with waxed or parchment paper and I can grease just, that. I can just navigate three uh, through the document. Meanwhile, grease an eight inch. Right, so that's pretty cool stuff. Um, it's very, I mean, I mean, the OCR on this device, I, I just, I've been testing it for like the past month. Uh, and it is super fast. It is super fast. So if you're needing a device that's going to allow you to navigate from point A to point B, a device that's going to allow you to make custom landmarks and create custom routes to walk to places that it will remember for you. I mean, this is a, a beautiful device. It's very compact. Um, it does come with a lanyard. Um, it has a 3.5 millimeter jack, so you can connect physical headsets. It does have a Bluetooth uh, capability, Bluetooth technology, so you can connect a Bluetooth headset to it. Um, you can actually connect a Bluetooth keyboard to it too. So if you want to type in an address, you can do that. Uh, you can use your voice to input an address. 
Uh, I mean, it, it is a super cool accessible GPS slash OCR slash door detection device. Like I'm really digging it. Um, I use it a lot because again, I travel a lot for both work and for fun. And it's just easier to have a device on me that does uh, reading and helps me get from one place to another. Right. And a lot of people always ask me like, why would I want a device that does this when my phone does this? Um, I'll tell you this right now. I, I remember one time I was in Orlando, Florida doing a presentation and uh, I had no bars and I I needed to get from that location to go find some signal because I couldn't, I couldn't order my lift. Right. And the building I just left, they locked it up. Everybody went home. I had to catch a flight. So I was able to pull out one of my GPS devices, walk down the street. My phone got bars. I was able to get a lift to go, go catch a flight. Right. So, and then on top of that, you're not, you know, you're not draining your phone battery because me as a blind person, when I'm out and about, that could be your lifeline, right? Like you might need to call emergency contacts for whatever reason. Um, You know, so it's very important as a visually impaired person to always have a phone on you, I think, when in public. So this device allows me to do that without worrying about my phone dying. How about reverse routing? If you need, you know, you're out and about in the middle of a town and mm-hmm. you need to get back to that that subway station or that bus stop that you mm-hmm. started at, does it have reverse routing? It does, right? So it, I, I, could, I could stop wherever I'm going. I could put in that bus stop and it will take me there. But with the custom routes, right? Let's say, let's say I, I leave my apartment. I'm standing outside my front door and I walk to Anthony's house. It'd be a long walk, but I could record my steps that I take from my front door to Anthony's front door, stop the recording of the steps. And now my, my device is going to remember that, right? So now if I want to go from my apartment to Anthony's house or from Anthony's house to my apartment, it's going to remember the exact steps that I took to get there. So it's pretty cool in that regards. All right. Any other bells and whistles that the Stella truck has that we should know about? Um, I mean, other than the OCR, I think the OCR is amazing on this device. There are other OCR devices on the market. Um, but again, this device, because of the door detection, the OCR and the GPS, I mean, I'm, I'm loving it. I use it on a regular basis. And you guys at Florida Vision Tech are one of the first to actually have it in hand and be oh, able yeah. to play with it and demo it. Yep. Um, I know, you know, in preparation for this show, I went to Humanware to try to find uh, a demo or some information and there's very little on the website even now yeah. so you know you guys you guys have the scoop on it yeah it's a brand new device i mean it was just literally launched uh in august uh the end of august is when they started shipping them so it's brand new on the market i mean and, and when you hold this device in your hand it is a solid fill right on the left side of our device we have our volume keys on the right side of our device we have our power button our record landmark uh, record routes button on the front of the device you have a directional keypad so up down left right in the center you have confirm right above the up arrow you have two buttons one to the left one to the right Um, those are your go-to so you can choose the landmarks that you want to go to or choose the routes that you want to go to and then we also have um, let me see. Let's try the key describer. Key describer on back. And we also back have our back button. So if you're in a menu and you want to go back a button, you can do that. And then below the directional keypad, we have our where am I button to the left and our voice button to the right. So the voice button allows us to pause and play whatever it's saying, uh, as well as when you're putting in an address, we can go ahead and speak an address that we want to get to, and then it will put it in there for us. So it's very 
very limited in the buttons. There's not a lot of buttons on here, as you just heard, um, but it's a very powerful little tool. And how about virtual map browsing? Let's say we're going to one of the conferences and conventions and we want to find out what's around the hotel before we're even in the city so we can map out you know, some of the things we might want to do or yep. where's the convenience store if I need water in the middle of the night. Yep, yep. so you could put in a, a location and, and get like, uh, do like virtual routes around that area. Um, what's cool about this device is that, so when you first get it and you turn it on, it actually has you install the map. So by default, there's no maps on the device. When you turn it on, it's going to ask you what maps do you want to install? Do you want to install maps from North America, Europe, uh, Asia, you know, and then it'll have you choose what region. So like when I went to the United States and North America, I chose the Southeastern region because I live in Florida, right? So I chose the Southeastern region that, that consists of what? Florida, Georgia, Alabama, Louisiana, North Carolina, South Carolina, and I think Tennessee. So I'd install those maps onto here. And now I could go anywhere in Florida or in that Southeastern region. If I want to visit New York or the Northeast, I can go ahead and install the Northeast maps and it's free. I don't have to pay for that right? Updates on the device, they happen over Wi-Fi. Um, so it updates right to the device, or you could download them off the Humanware website and just upload them uh, via USB on, onto the device itself. All right. Anything else cool you want to tell us about it before we move on to the track? I mean, I, I would say, and I'm not trying to sell it. You know, if it's, if it's a device I don't agree with or I don't like, I don't like to talk about it in public. <laughs> so <laughs> I would say- And I, I do would know say, this to be true. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, I would say, yeah. uh, I would say try it, man. It is, it is a really cool device. I would just say try it, you know? And again, if you're a student or professional or someone who just likes to go on walks, uh, you know, it, it's a good fit for all, for all those things, right? Because you could Actually, be on the campus. See, you know, you guys, you guys are definitely stimulating my brain. How about on college or medical campuses, you know, going from building to building where GPS may not, I know we've all as blind and low vision people, you know, we've experienced we're on a campus somewhere Mm -hmm. and, you know, the GPS just isn't that helpful. That's right. The GPS on a phone, right? We might have no bars and now we can't use the GPS on the phone, but if we're outside and we're underneath the sky, <laughs> we got access to satellite. So with this device, it will connect to the satellite. And what's cool about it, like, like, like you said, on a college campus or a medical campus, let's say I'm on a college campus and I have an English building, a math building, and a computer science building. I can go to each entrance of those buildings, create a custom landmark. And now anytime I need to get there from wherever I'm standing at, my device will help me get there, right? Or if I'm walking past, like, let's say uh, there's a flagpole or benches that are coming up on my route, I can create custom landmarks for that as well. And when I'm going past those, it's going to tell me uh, flagpole or, we know, whatever I recorded as. So it's really good for those type of things. It has an open area, uh, explore open area. So you could, you know, walk around and map areas. I mean, it, it is it's a powerful device. Like, Accessible GPS systems these days are really cool. They're very powerful. And I mean, in some ways, it even encourages me to take my dog and just go explore, you know, Fort Lauderdale or Miami. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, I can see this, especially for, you know, for folks in in cities that are using public transportation. And then, you know, you want to stop and get something to eat and you don't quite remember, you know, was it was it 25 steps? Was it, you know, 45 steps? Where is that bus stop or train station? Oh yeah. 
really cool device. All right. Or even, or even like a case where you take an Uber or a Lyft, right? Or a taxi and you want to make sure you're going to the right place. You want to make sure you're going the right direction. You know, you could put the address in here and now you, you have pedestrian you mode, along with you the all drive. have driving mode. Yeah. Exactly. So, it's, you know, it's a good way to stay safe. And how many times have we been dropped off, you know, where <laughs> the driver says the door's right there. Well, exactly. You know, where yeah. is there? Beep, 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 beep. Oh, that's what there, there it is. Yeah, yeah. With the door protection, the address protection, you could do that. And what's cool is like the other day I went to Walgreens, right? So I'm in the shopping plaza and, you know, I, I knew the address to the local Walgreens. So I was like, you know, let me just test this. So I put in the address confirmation, which is the door detection mode, held up my device. It detected the door, but then it also detected the uh, the address number. Uh, for that door, right? So I was like, oh, there's Walgreens. Now I know, hey, Obi, go forward. And I can tell him inside and he finds the Walgreens door. So, I mean, it's just so many different applications you can apply that to in like normal day situations. Jose? Yep. Okay. (laughs) I heard a really weird sound. All right. So let's move on to the Victor track. The Victor Reader track. So a lot of you, let me turn this off. Press confirm to shut down. Press any cancel. Let's see. Press confirm to shut down. Press confirm to shut down. Press any other key to. All right, so that's shutting down. So then we have the Victor Reader Trek, right? So a lot of you are probably familiar with the Victor Reader products. They're digital book players that allow you to access your online and offline bookshelves. When you're offline, you can create voice memos. Um, you can go ahead and access text files on the SD card. I'm just starting it up real quick. Um, and then the Victor Reader Trek also has the GPS technology that the Stella Trek has as well. Offline bookshelves, notes, nine, notes, three. So I'm on note three out of nine, right? So I'm on my offline bookshelf. What's cool about this device is that on the front of it, you have a telephone style keypad. Uh, you have a square button to the top left, a circle, and then a, a diamond going across the top. And then at the bottom, you have a left arrow, a rectangle, and a uh, right arrow to play slash pause, rewind, fast forward. And someone who's going to school or who's a professional who needs to record lectures or meetings, this is a great device for because on the offline bookshelf, we can make voice memo recordings. Start recording. All right, cool. We are on um, a radio show and we are just taking notes and Recording important information. Stop. And Anthony's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> right? So I quickly recorded that note and I can go back and listen to it. Nine. Now I'm recording. Ten. All right, cool. We are on um, a radio show and we are just taking notes and recording important information. And All right. Notes. So this is a good tool for, you know, people who are sitting in a college lecture or they're at a meeting and they want to be able to take notes quickly and then audibly. Right. Um, if we press the circle button at the top. Online bookshelf. We have our online yeah, bookshelf. Five books. One. Crazy Horse, The Strange Man of the Oglalas, a biography by Marie Sandoz. So on your online bookshelf, you have access to things like NLS Bard, um, uh, Bookshare, podcasting, internet radio, uh, other, other services where you can go ahead and download content right to your device and listen to it, right? So if you like listening to audiobooks and let's say you use NLS Bard, you can browse the Bard library by genre, author, uh, you know, new titles, 
download them right to your device over Wi-Fi. Once it's downloaded, you can listen to it on the bus. You can listen to it in the car. You can listen to it at the park. You can listen to it in your bedroom. You can listen to it on your sofa. It's on your device itself. So you don't have to connect to a computer, learn how to use a screen reader and do all that other stuff, right? On here, you could just do it on the device itself and all the features on here, they speak. So you don't have to have any site at all to use this. There's no screen. There's nothing visual about this device, right? And then if I press that circle button again. Orientation, searching for satellites. We have orientation where it's searching for a satellite and we can do all the same things that we can do on the Stellar Track. So a lot of people come to me and they say, hey, I need a GPS device. And I'll tell them, okay, what's more important to you? Recording audio notes and accessing uh, digital content or having OCR uh, recognition and detecting doors? And depending on their answer, I'll say, okay, let's go with a Stellar Trek because you need to have access to OCR, scanning text, right? Or if they say they need to access audiobooks and create voice memos, I'll say, okay, well, let's look at, let's look at the Victor Reader Trek and, and, and access all that information, right? It's a very cool device. Again, it is compact. It comes with a case uh, with a belt clip on the case. So you can wear it on your belt. It fits in your pocket. I would say it's about the size of, I don't know if you've ever seen Braille Uno cards, like the case that the Braille Uno cards come in, but it's, it's, a, it's like a case of cards. That's what it reminds me of. So it's not so too for big. those of us that are familiar with the Victor Reader stream, is it exactly around the same, same size as that? Exactly the same, just a little thicker because it has that, that GPS technology built into it. Okay. And so basically, as far as functionality of the orientation mode, mm -hmm. is it basically the same as the Stellar Trek minus the, the merging with the OCR functionality? Yeah, it's very similar. Um, but remember, the Stellar Trek had that uh, the D-pad, the directional uh, arrows, whereas this one has a telephone-style keypad. So we would use things like four and six for left and right, two and eight two for and up eight. and down, you know, um, and then we would use the other buttons for other functionalities. But yeah, very similar concept because, again, we could put in points of interest. We could put in addresses. We can create custom landmarks. We can go ahead and create uh, custom routes. So same concept, just a little different due to the, the physical layout of the buttons. And what about um, Bluetooth capability or what kind of headphone can you use with this device? Yep. So on the top of this device, we do have a 3.5 millimeter jack. So you can connect a headset directly into it. And the Victory to Trek, unlike the stream, does have Bluetooth technology. So if you're someone who wants to use Bluetooth to listen to your books or to use for navigation purposes or listen to your audio files, you can do so either with a physical headset directly connected into it or with Bluetooth technology. So a speaker, earbuds, whatever it is. And like the stream, you'll be able to take that SD card and plug it into your computer of choice and pull up, you know, if you're recording a lecture or yep. you're, you know, you're making notes while you're walking around, you'll be able to pull that up and, and access that through your that computer is true. as well. That is exactly true. Or you could just connect it to the computer itself and use it as a drive. As a drive. True, true, true. So, All right. Any other bells easy. and whistles that we should know about the Victor Reader truck? No, I mean, that's, that's pretty much it for that device. Um, but then I want to go into the next theme, right? Typing, controlling devices. So I have two devices here. Uh, let's turn this device off. Yeah. So the first one we're going to talk about is called the Brilliant BI-40X, which is the newest Braille display designed by Humanware. It is a 40-cell Braille display. It is about 
Uh, it's about 12 inches from left to right. Um, it is rectangle in shape. On the top of it, you have a Perkins style keyboard. Your left pinky is your backspace key. Your right pinky is your enter key. Below that, you have your 40 cells, your 40 refreshable Braille cells. Above each Braille cell, we have those cursor routing keys that we've seen on other Braille displays. Um, to the left and the right of our Braille display, we have function, three function buttons that we use when uh, controlling a screen reader. On the left side of our device, we have a USB Type-C port for charging and transferring data. We have our power button, and then we also have a USB port on here so we can connect thumb drives, right? This device has 32 gigs of built-in memory, and if that's not enough for you, you can connect a thumb drive and access text files and all sorts of different things on your thumb drives. On the right panel, we have a, a, a 3.5 millimeter jack to connect a headset. We have two volume keys, volume up, volume down. On the panel closest to you when it's sitting on a table, um, we have those traditional thumb keys that we've seen on Braille displays by humanware in the past. So your previous, left, right, and next. We use previous and next to navigate through menus and to control the screen reader. We use left and right to pan up and down when using our Braille display. And then in the middle, we have a circle button that takes us to the main menu of this device. So for those of you who have ever used a Brillo Touch Plus, you're familiar with software on there called Keysoft. The Brilliant BI40X is running a light version of Keysoft. So I'm going to press and hold the power button to start it up. There it goes. It just vibrated on my Braille display. It says starting to the right of that. I see a dot that's making like a circle. So it's letting me know that it's loading up. And what's really cool about this Braille display is that because it's running Keysoft Lite, we have productivity applications built into the device itself. And we also have a screen reader, right? So this is the first Braille display to have a screen reader. So once you're in the main menu, the first item is gonna be terminal. Let's raise the volume, there we go. So we have terminal, editor, also known as keypad to create documents, text files, to read text files, to revise them. Braille editor. Uh, also known as key BRFs to create those BRF files. Victor Reader to access books that we download from things like NLS Bard and Bookshare. File Manager, files. File Manager. This allows us to organize files and folders on the internal storage um, of our Brilliant BI40X or onto uh, thumb drives. Calculator. So it'll, it'll create files on the, dumb, the thumb drive as well? Yeah, so I could create a file on here and I could save it to a and thumb explore. drive. Okay. Yep, yep, yep. Just like on a computer, right? Like you, you, you choose where you want to save your, your, your files to and you access your files. So if you were like using a Mac and you press uh, Command-Shift-C, it takes you to all your different drives, right? This does the same thing. If you're on a Windows machine and you go to this PC, it takes you to all your drives and this does exactly the same thing. Nice. So then we have, um, let's see. Calculator, calculator for math. Date and time, options, online services. So again, we can log into services like NLS Bard, Bookshare. And once we open, once we're connected to a Wi-Fi, we go into here, we choose what service we want to connect to, put in our credentials, and then we can search for, download, and read books right on this device. Um, because it does have audio capability, you can download audiobooks onto here. Uh, and you can also download Braille books onto here. And when you're uh, reading a Braille book, you can either use the you know the built-in refreshable Braille cells, or you can listen to the screen reader read it to you too. That's always an option. Is it easy to cycle back and forth between the two? Oh yeah. Let's say you're you know you're at a desk, you're doing something, and you have to you know 
grab your power transit to go home. Can you easily switch between the refreshable cells and the screen reader capability? Yeah, so you can turn the screen reader on and off. So people who are blind and deaf, you know, they have no use for the screen reader. So they could turn that off. Um, people who might not read Braille as fast as they listen to a screen reader can go ahead and turn that on and listen to it and read it in refreshable Braille. So whether the screen reader is on or off, the refreshable Braille display is always active. And that might be a way for someone to practice Braille. Oh, yeah. And and get faster in their braille reading technique. Yep. Yep. And what's also cool about this device is that we can connect a QWERTY keyboard via USB and then use the arrows on a keyboard to navigate up and down in the menus. We can press the enter key, the escape key. So we can control it through a USB, uh, I'm sorry, through a yeah, USB keyboard, a QWERTY keyboard and type in the documents and then read it in braille. Um, then we have the user guide and power off. So the brilliant BI40X comes in two different sizes obviously the 40 sub model, but then they have the Brilliant BI-20X, which is half the size, um, and that comes in uh, with 20 cells on that device. Um, the storage difference be differences between these two devices is that the Brilliant BI-40X um, only gives you access to a USB thumb drive, whereas the 20X gives you access to a USB thumb drive and an SD card. Um, uh, in the future, the BI40X also has a built-in microphone. So in the future, we'll be able to make voice memos on this device as well. So we can create like audio notes on the go and stuff like that. So it's really cool. It's lightweight, comes with a very nice case that it comes, that you put it in. Uh, on the case, you could put a, a shoulder strap on there and carry it on your shoulder, throw it in a backpack. Um, depending on what size purse you're wearing, I don't know if this would really fit in a purse. A 20 cell, definitely. Uh, this device might stick out out of your purse if you don't have a, a decent size purse. But it's, it's a very cool device. And I really like this because a lot of times, you know, I'll, I'll get people who come to me and they can't afford a Braille note taker, right? That's thousands and thousands of dollars. Whereas a Braille display is half the cost or less than a Braille note taker. Main differences is, is that on a Braille note taker, you can go ahead and you can download third-party applications. You can access your email you can send emails. Um, you could browse the internet using a, 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 an internet browser. With this device, you don't have access to email. You don't have access to third-party applications and you don't have access to surfing the internet. But, you know, you have access to refreshable Braille, to read books, edit documents, connect it to your host device, like a computer or a tablet that's running a screen reader. So it's really cool. I, I think it's very, very useful. So if you do connect it to your computer mm -hmm. and you're accessing, you know, screen reader information, yep. you can use this to give you the information that's on there and then use your manipulation keys on your laptop or computer keyboard. Correct. Correct. So, okay. And let me ask you this. Um, you know, I know that there's a big debate between, you know, the short, the smaller refreshable barrel cells and the, you know, the 40 or the 36, mm -hmm. how much does it actually weigh? So somebody that, you know, is going to class or has, you know, the type of job where they're out in the field you know, is there a big weight difference between the 20 and the 40? Um, I think, I mean, I mean, obviously because it's half the size, so you could definitely feel the weight, the, you know, the difference between the weight, but what a lot of people always, when they ask me like, what's better for them, I always say this, you know, what are you going to use the device for? And, you know, if they tell me, oh, I need it for work to read a lot of things. Um, I want to use it on a computer. I have to read a lot. Then I say, get the 40 cell because you know, the more Braille you have, the more fluent you can read than you could and with only three cells. Read. 
Whereas if someone says, oh, I just want a brother's back and connect to my iPhone and carry around with me, then I'll say, oh, get the 20 cell. You know, if you just want it for an iPhone and you're not doing a lot of reading, then a 20 cell is perfect for that. What about exporting files? You know, if you're taking, you know, notes on the quick and then you Mm -hmm. want to edit and revise and all of that on your actual home computer. So it's really easy. Um, so we'll just, we'll just use the 40 cell model as the example, right? On here, I can go to where it says editor. Okay, I go into there. So now it says loading. I could create a file, open that up. Now I'm in a blank document. I could go ahead and take those notes in this document, save it, stick a thumb drive in here, put it onto the thumb drive, put that thumb drive into the computer and do whatever I need to do with it. Now, if it is connected to your iPhone or your computer, can mm-hmm. you open up your native email client and send something out real quick or yep. even so, a text message? Oh yes, for sure. So that's another really cool thing. So like a lot of people who get the 20 cell, they'll use it to send text messages, right? So they'll connect it to the computer or I'm sorry, they'll connect it to their iPhone or their iPad or their Android device. They'll navigate into where it says, you know, their text messages. They'll read the text messages uh, in Braille or by using the onboard screen reader. And then they, if they want to respond to it, they'll go into the edit field and then they can use the Perkins style keyboard that's built into the Braille display to type out their message and then click on send and send the message. So, I mean, even though it doesn't have like a native email client on here, it doesn't have like a native um, uh, text messaging app on here. Uh, because you can connect it to that host device, like your computer or your, your iPhone, you can control that device through your Brilliant BI40X. Uh, the same way you would, like, if me and you and Anthony were using a keyboard, right? Like, if we're using a keyboard using VoiceOver or using JAWS on a Mac or a Windows machine, someone could essentially connect this and use it just like a keyboard, um, uh, a, a, just like a QWERTY keyboard, but they would have access to refreshable Braille. So everything that, uh, that our screamers are saying out loud show up on the Braille display. Wow, this this seems like a great device for me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's really good. Like, if you're someone who codes, right? And maybe you're into coding. You know, it, when I, when I was younger and I used to code, um, listening to a screen reader read code to me, it's just like it just doesn't work. My brain doesn't click. But yeah. if I had this in front of me, I can read my HTML. I can read my PHP. You know, I can read whatever it is that I'm writing, and I can say, oh, I need to edit this or I need to fix that. Last question. Um, you know, you mentioned audiobooks. Mm-hmm. Are you able to, if you have it on the flash drive, are you able to use it as a, a media player for other things like podcasts and music? Um, so depending on the audio file, yes, right? Um, if we have like an MP3, it should play that. Um, it's not going to play all the different type of audio files, but yes, if you have an, an audio file that it supports on a thumb drive and you want to play that, then yes, you can do that. Wow. So if you have that and, and an iPhone or Android, you're pretty much good to go. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. All right. Anything else that we should know about this device? Um, I mean, it's just a good device, right? So if you're someone who, uh, you know, wants to read Braille, not just depend on a screen reader, I highly recommend checking out a a refreshable Braille display. And I should mention to folks and, and our loyal listeners who have experienced you here on Sunday edition before know this already, but you have a, <laughs> a wealth of great demos um, on YouTube and on the Florida Vision Tech page. So, you know, anything that we're talking about today, do you have one up for the Stellar? I know it's brand new. Do you oh, that's coming Stellar? out soon. I'm working on that as we speak. It is coming out soon. I have one for the Victory to Trek. 
I have one for the brilliant BI40X, uh, Envision glasses. I mean, I, there's, there's, there's different videos. I am working on that one. That's going to be a special one. When you get that one, send it and I'll put it out to you. you know, Sunday edition has a brand new email list, a discussion list. And nice. it's a website coming, folks. Stay tuned. Sunday edition's getting its own website as well. All right. Um, you've got one more for us, or is there a I do. second? I do. Oh, I do. Right. Hable One Smart Controller. All right. I'm really excited to learn about this one. Yeah. Hable One is pretty cool, guys. So let me find it real quick. Of all this How's Obi, by the way? Um, he's all right. He's probably getting a little restless over there. <laughs> <laughs> Give but Obi he, an extra treat or two. Yeah, for, uh, yeah, for, for sure. You know, staying he, so quiet for us. He's definitely getting <laughs> back to treats tonight. So the Hable One Smart Controller, it's the new device that was just released in the States, uh, I want to say in July. Okay. And the shape of it, it's rectangle. For those of you who've ever seen a, an NES controller from back in the day from the game console, it reminds me of that shape, right? It's rectangle. It's about that size. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> now, on the back of this device, we have eight buttons. Okay. Wait, I'm sorry. Did you say on the back of the device? Yes, on the back of the device, right? So when you're holding this, the buttons are facing away from you. And I'll explain why that is. So like the buttons are labeled one through eight, okay? So in the center of the back of the device, you have like a full Braille cell. So one, two, three, four, five, six, right? Not going left and right. It's actually like a Braille cell. Then to the left and the right of that Braille cell, you have button number seven, and button number eight. So when you're holding the device with the buttons facing away from you, your index fingers, um, your ring fingers, your middle fingers, they all just rest right on that Braille cell, right? So normally when we're using a Perkins style keyboard, we have to put it onto the desk. We have to put our fingers on there, but this device has been made so you could hold it while in transportation. Um, you can hold it comfortably in your lap, you know, just, just by holding it with your two hands, letting your fingers rest on the back of the unit. So what this device was designed for is for people who can't, uh, you know, quite get the swiping and tapping gestures down on their iPhone, right? So it connects to your iPhone or your Android device or your, your, your iPad. It connects uh, via Bluetooth. So I'm, I'm going to turn it on real quick. It is connected to my iPhone. Let me wake my phone up. Wait a second. Scan my face. Okay. So now my speech on. I might, here we go. Let's raise the volume so you guys can hear this. Okay, cool. Weather. Okay. Oakland Park. So, right now, my iPhone is open. I'm going to hold down the 7 key and just tap on the 8 key. Booth. CPM downgraded to post-tropical cyclone after striking South Carolina and leaving at least 42 dead as right. I'm just tapping the 8 key. Caliber. And while I'm holding down, September 30th, first new notification, photos. While I'm holding down the seven button and tapping the eight, it's doing the swipe right gesture for me. Camera, mail, notes, reminders, clock, right? 9.53 p.m. If I do the, if I hold down the number eight key and tap on the seven, it does a left swipe for me. Reminders, notes, mail. 25,976 unread emails. Yeah, I'm going to try to get through those tonight, right? But if I want to <laughs> double tap on something, I'm going to navigate to it again by either swiping right or left by holding seven and tapping eight or holding eight and tapping seven. Notes, remind clock, news, TV. Let's go to news. 
No. All right. So now I want to do a double tap on here. So what I can do is just simultaneously press seven and eight. News. Apple News Plus. September 30th. Heading. All right. So now I'm in the news app. And again, I can, I can navigate down by holding down seven and tapping eight. Video. The Wall Street Journal. One hour ago. U.S. Dismisses annexation of Ukraine regions to Washington Post. Justice Katanji Brown, Jack the Atlantic. Why America will stay vulnerable to Apple News Plus. Oh, these are all really, really positive things, right? New York Magazine. One man's mission to stop cyber criminals from extorting hospitals. One hour ago, Renee Dudley and Daniel Golden. Actions available. Now, let's say I want to click on this. I'm going to do seven and eight at the same time. Back. Okay, so I can now read this article by navigating down the screen. And let's say I was done reading my article and I want to go back. You know, there's always that back button in the top left corner. If I press bu- buttons one and two, press and hold, my device is going to vibrate and I'm going to release the buttons. And now it took me back a window. If I want to go back to my home screen, I'm going to press one, two, five, hold, vibrate, let go. And now I'm back on my home screen. So with this device, you could essentially do all the voiceover commands and the talkback commands that you would by tapping, swiping, doing the different gestures all through eight different buttons. If someone was to call me and I was to press and hold button number three, it would answer the call. If I want to hang up the call, I would press and hold number three and it would hang up the call. So it's really cool, very convenient. There's no Braille in this device. Um, you, don't even know, you don't even need to know how to use Braille to use this device, right? You just need to know one through eight, what button is, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Um, very cool device, gives you about 50 hours of battery. It takes about four hours to charge. And it fits in your pocket. It comes with a lanyard, uses a USB Type-C for the charging. I mean, it's just a really cool device. So I personally use this a lot when I'm writing alternate text for photos that I want to upload to Facebook or Instagram, right? Because I could use dictation, but then I have to go back and edit everything, right? Because a lot of times we'll put in punctuation that we didn't ask for. It puts in words that we don't ask for. So if I have this device connected to my iPhone, go to the alternate text section, I could quickly type out a description, hit save, and it saves me, uh, it, you know, it takes me, what, two minutes, whereas editing something might take me 20 minutes. So it's really cool, right? Um, so first, 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 uh, first way to use it, navigating. If you know Braille, then the second way to use it would be for typing on your device. So let me ask you a couple of questions. Yeah. It sounds to me, and, you know, obviously we are not in the same room. We're doing, you know, recording this over Zoom. Mm-hmm. It sounds to me like you're hearing through the device itself. That is correct. I am hearing everything through my iPhone. So let's say I'm in uh, Uber, right? And I want to read or do whatever on my phone or I'm on the train. I could put an ear pod in my ear, keep my phone in my pocket, hold my Hable One smart control in my hand and control my phone without ever pulling it out. That's what I was going towards. (laughs) Will, you know, will the AirPod be connecting to the iPhone itself? Yes. Or do you need to connect it to the device? Nope. That will connect to the iPhone itself. Um, So the device is just essentially working as a keyboard, right? 
uh, as a controller, a smart controller. The ear, all the audio is still taking place on the iPhone, on the iPad, the Android device. It's all still taking place on there. The only thing I'm doing with this device is controlling that screen reader without ever touching my phone. Could you show us um, how, could you quickly send a text message using the device? Um, I can. Um, let's see, I'm just going to open my face phone. ID. Okay, open my face ID. Um, uh, messages. messages and let's see let's, let's text Rosina okay so I'm going to put my cursor in the edit field so now my cursor is in the edit field and I'm going to say so I'm typing I'm just typing on the six the six buttons on the back of it so I put cap I put the capital sign I type the letter H E-L-L-O, exclamation mark. I'm gonna hit the number Hello. eight to do a space. Space. I'm gonna say great job on the show tonight. Okay, let's find the send button. Press seven and eight. Send message. Dictate. There it goes. Right, and I did that all just by typing on the 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 um, the Hib One Smart Controller. So what's so cool let's about say the, you know you're cool in that Uber and uh-huh. your iPhone is in your pocket. Yep. When you dictate, would it be coming through the device and then sending it to the phone, or would you have to pull the phone out for dictation at that point? So I can activate dictation through the through the the Hib One Smart Controller. But when I'm speaking, it's going to go through whatever ear pods I'm wearing in my ears, right? Because it's, remember, this has no microphone built in. It has no speakers built in. Everything's still taking place on the iPhone. So if, if the iPhone's in my pocket, I'm going to have an ear pod in my ear so I can hear voiceover and everything that my phone is doing. But I can control dictation, Siri, all that stuff right through the, uh, the controller itself. And do you think that somebody who is early in their Braille education is this something that will help them along the way and will they get as much use out of it as someone who is very fluent in Braille? Um, so this does, this particular device was made for people who don't know any Braille, right? It was first made to learn how to navigate up and down a screen and a double tap and, you know, choose things. So if you're an early Braille user, right? If you're an early Braille user and you know how to do a, a B or an H or an ST, um, you know, you know, these different contractions of different letters. Yes, it's very useful because you're going to be like to go back a window. We would press buttons one and two. Right. We don't we don't we don't look at this as a Braille keyboard. We look at it as a smart controller. So as long as you know the alphabet, you know, doing one and two, you're gonna be like, oh, that's B doing uh, one, two, five. Oh, that's H. So you're going to you're going to you're going to know what those buttons are. And if you're somebody who needs to learn Braille, it's going to encourage them to learn what one and two is, what one, two and five is, what number two is. It's going to it's going to encourage them to learn the alphabet. It's, so it's, it's a good tool for people who don't know Braille, for people who are learning Braille and for people who are fluent Braille readers. Um, another cool thing is that, you know, right now I have my device set to grade one Braille or uncontracted Braille for users who are new to Braille. But if I want to put in a grade two Braille, also known as contracted Braille, I can also do that as well. So I can use contractions when I'm typing out things. 
Nice. Now, see, that was going to be, and, and I'm taking point of personal privilege since it's my show. I get to ask a question about, you know, that benefits me. <laughs> I learned A through J. I'm sure you can guess why and stopped at that point and yeah. always plan to go back and learn more. You know, what's funny is that every time I get a, a client who comes to me and they're telling me, hey, uh, what do you think about learning Braille? I always tell them, especially if they're older, I'm like, you know what? If you're not going to read a book, and you're not going to do a lot of reading, at least learn A through J. Because if you know A through J, then you know numbers, right? Yep. So if you go to a hotel, you're going to know what room 204 is. If you go to an office building, like let's say you come to my office building, you're looking for suite 104, you're going to be able to do that. If you go into an elevator, you're going to be able to choose what floor you want to go to. You know, If you step out the elevator and want to confirm what floor you're on, you're going to be able to do that. So learning A through J, I think is, I, I think it's amazing. It, it's, it's definitely important. A through J all the way. <laughs> the thing that I'm, you know, again, p- point of personal privilege, the thing that I'm thinking in my brain, and mm-hmm. if I'm wrong, you know, I don't mind being wrong on my own show, but, um, <laughs> you know, public speaking is something in, and my listeners know that I, I started a new job recently. Um, mm-hmm. And public speaking is something that's going to be more prevalent than I've had to do before. And, you know, right now I kind of do the bullet point and I have an earbud in my ear and I'm, you know, swiping and trying to remember as much as I possibly can so I can only use the bullet points. But I do want, I I do really want to learn Braille. I think, you know, anyone who is, who is blind and, and or low, low vision should know Braille at some point if they can. Um, Are there programs out there that using this, using the Haber um, with any kind of practice or anything like that? And if you don't know, I, I, I'm putting you on the spot. So so with the Hable One Smart Controller, they have these things and they call them, what are they? I think they're called like, they, they, don't, they don't call them courses, but they're kind of like five different courses that take about five minutes to go through. And it teaches you how to use the device. Um, and they say, just, just do one course once a day, you know, do a course every day. And in about five business days, you don't know all the courses, but they also provide uh, a, a, a manual for people who are learning Braille. So it, you know, it teaches you Braille and, you know, the different buttons. So you can learn how to type using this device and, and do more than just navigate. Nice. Can you give us an approximate price range for the products that you've displayed for us today? Um, so the cheapest thing on the table right here, $349. Uh, the most expensive thing on the table here, uh, $3,700. All right. Now talk to us a little bit about Florida Vision Tech itself. Yeah. So Florida Vision Technology, we're based out of Florida, but depending on the product, we, we provide it in different areas. You know, so some, some, some of our products can only be sold in Florida some of our products to be sold in Puerto Rico, some of them in Georgia, some of them all over the United States, some of them in other countries. I have, I have clients who come as far as South America, Canada. So depending on the product is depending on where we can sell it. I always tell people we're like the best buy of the assistive technology world because we represent different manufacturers. We have different products because we don't believe that one product fits all. Right, uh, it's not and one product's not going to help everybody. So we like to give our our friends options that way they can make a you know an educated decision and a better choice of what's going to fit their needs. Um, 
But uh, yeah, so that's what we do. Most of my staff, we are visually impaired, so we can relate a lot to our friends. Um, you know, we have people who are low vision, people who are totally blind, people who have full vision. So, you know, we're not just ch- selling our products. We're trying to help people enhance their independence and, you know, make them be their better selves by 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 offering different types of technology to help them, whether it's in school, uh, the profession, their home. Um, that, that's what we do. So tell us about the website. And um, like I said earlier in the program, you've got some really great demos out there. I've accessed them on YouTube. Um, so tell us about the website and how they yeah. can, you know, find more of the demos. That yeah, you thank you. Cool. I appreciate that. So uh, our website is floridareading.com and that is spelt out. Sometimes people, they just put FL reading. So floridareading.com. Um, if you go to uh, YouTube, you can put in Florida Vision Technology Center and our videos will come up on there. Um, and, uh, you know, if you ever want to give me a call, you can always call me at 1-800-981-5119. That's our toll free number. Again, that's one 800 9815119. And my email address, if you ever have any questions, is Jose, J-O-S-E, at floridareading.com. You want to shout out some of your coworkers while you're on? Yeah. Uh... Hey, what's up, Lisa? <laughs> <laughs> and Annika and, um, and Cherie. And yeah, man, I mean, it, it's a it's it's a cool environment, man. Like, you know, being able to be a person with a visual impairment and help other people whether they're newly visually impaired or they've been visually impaired their whole life, like just, just being able to educate on like what type of things we can do if we have the right tools is, is like for me and my team, I mean, that's, that's what we do it for, you know, because, you know, people need to know that just because you're visually impaired or because you're blind doesn't mean you can't do things. We just do it a little differently, right? Like me and Anthony, we can't read print. So we can't see uh, the numbers in the elevator, but if you learn A through J, <laughs> you can go ahead. You can, you know, you can you can choose, uh, you know, the elevator floor you want to go to, or find your hotel room, or, you know. So we do things a little differently. We don't drive, but we have access to smartphones where we could do things like Uber and Lyft. Um, you know, we don't see GPSs, so we can use things like Stellar Trek. We don't read with our eyes, and if you don't read Braille, you have options like, uh, you know, the vision glasses. So it's our job just to educate and bring awareness to, you know, what's out there and what's available and, and to help people. And then, and so that's what we do. And, uh, it's, it's cool, man. It's, it's, it's a, it's a good gig. Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely. <laughs> so let's say one of our listeners, um, I'm going to pick North Dakota for, you know, just the sake, the heck mm-hmm. of it. Yeah. Um, if one of our listeners out there from North Dakota is listening to this and one of these devices piqued their interest, but it's not one of the devices that you sell nationally. If mm-hmm. they reach out to you, can you at least point them in the right direction? Yeah, for sure. I mean, again, I'm not just trying to sell a product, right? I want people to get the help that they need. So even though like North Dakota for a certain product might not be my territory or somewhere that we, you know, that we do business in, I'm still going to be like, okay, hold on, let me pull up Google real quick and tell you who to go to, you know, because I want you to be taken care of. And, you know, it's if people need to care more about people, you know, that's what it's all about, man. It's about caring about people and then being a good human to help other human beings. So, yeah. So if you call me or you contact me via email, telephone or whatever, and it's something I can't help you with, I'm not going to be like, oh, go figure it out. You know, I'm going to try to help you find what's the best way to get it, who to go to contact for it. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to try to lead you the right way. Cause you know, being a visually impaired person myself, I was in your shoes one time, you know, I, I, I need someone to tell me, Hey, where do I go get this rather than tell me, figure it out, you know? Um, so if I could help in any way, shape or form, I mean, I want to hear from you. Yeah. You know, and from personal experience, 
<clears throat> excuse me, about a year ago, I was trying to find a device that I really needed. And obviously, you know, listeners of Sunday edition, I did a, a show a couple of weeks ago with Janine Stanley and Ira when, when the partnership was first announced, I chose the Envision glasses, but you really walked me through all of the products that were available at that point for you know, and you assessed, you asked me really great questions as to what, you know, what were going to be my primary tasks, et cetera, et cetera, yeah. you know, and gave me the recommendation. And, and, and I really do feel, you know, I waited a little longer than I was hoping for, for the IRA partnership, mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, now it's here and, and, and the glasses have become my, my go-to, my go-to the minute, you know, I need something. Yeah. I just yeah. grab and that's what it's about, man. It's not about making a buck, you know? I mean, yeah, yeah I need money to pay my bills. <laughs> you know, my guy dog, he's not, his job doesn't pay. But, you know, like, you know, it, I, I want people to get the technology that's going to best help them, not the most expensive piece of technology, you know, because the, the stuff, blindness products, they're, they're an investment, right? Whether it's a magnifier or a talking device or a Braille device, they're all investments. And I want people to make sure that they're getting their money's worth and that they're getting the right tools that are going to help them with their needs, right? Because I can have two different people that have the same eye condition come in and look at the same product. And for one person, it's going to be a great solution. For the next, it's not going to be the best solution. But I, I don't want that person walking out if it's not, you know, if it's not the best solution. I want them to figure out what it is and let's figure out how to get it for them. And if I can't get it for them, then we figure out who to send them to. Nice. So why don't you drop the email address and the phone number again before we say goodbye for this great Sunday? Yeah, so it's jose at floridareading.com, J-O-S-E at floridareading.com. And that is spelled out, the state Florida reading.com. And then 1-800-981-5119. All right. Thank you, Jose and Rosina. If you're out there listening or you're accessing the podcast, thank you so much. I will be back with another great Sunday edition next week. And um, between now and then, stay safe and enjoy White Cane Day. Please let me know what you guys are doing. I'd love to feature anything really cool on the show. See you again next Sunday. Every Wednesday night, come listen to The Land of Aru, a show all about the award-winning high fantasy audio series, Carcerum. Join Anthony Corona in listening to an episode of Carcerum with 360-degree sound design, a completely original score, and find yourself in the middle of an adventure filled with monsters, sword fights, and magic. After the episode, listen as Anthony interviews cast and crew members about their careers and the amazing process of Carcerum. That's The Land of Aru every Wednesday night at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on ACB Media Stream 3. Presented on ACB Media 3 in association with Shane Salk Productions and Sunday Edition. You've been listening to Sunday Edition on ACB Media. Stream One. That's American Council of the Blind Media or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Episodes drop every week at 1 p.m. on Sundays, and you can email us at Sunday Edition AC, all one word, Sunday Edition with the letters AC at gmail.com. Let's brunch again together next Sunday.